Hello, and welcome to the Snowmass Extreme Podcast. My name is Jason Hartman, but I'm better known as Tigger. El Tigre if you're speaking Spanish. In 2002, I moved to the mountains, and these are my stories from a little place called Snowmass. With a title like Snowmass Extreme, you may have thought my stories would revolve around snowboarding, and not girlfriends or music, but you are missing the point. These stories are about life's adventures and the power and freedom of discovering yourself. And that is what music and snowboarding mean to me. Freedom. So when I moved to the mountains, I brought a drum set. At the time, I was driving my grandmother's white Chrysler New Yorker, and it looked like a pimp's car from the 70s. Long and wide, with plush bench seats, front and back. The trunk was missing the spare tire, and it was large enough to fit several adults, so bringing a drum set wasn't as crazy as it sounds. Well, it's crazy because I was moving halfway across the country to be a snowboard instructor, not a musician, but at least I had the space to bring it. So the entire time I was becoming a snowboard instructor and finding a place to live and finding a girlfriend, I joined two bands. And I really don't remember how I connected with those guys. In those days, I probably answered an ad in the newspaper, because Facebook wasn't a thing. Smartphones weren't a thing. It was the dark ages. So I must have answered ads looking for a drummer. The first band I joined was called Likewise, a long-standing group that just lost their drummer. He didn't die or anything, he just moved away. Likewise had a residency in town two nights a week in an old building called the Golden Horn, and the bar was called the Grottoes. For those of you keeping track, the Grotto's Bar turned into Takasushi Restaurant for many years. Most recently, it's been another sushi place called Maru. Anywho, every Friday night at the Grotto's, likewise played original and cover songs as themselves, and every Sunday night, they were a Grateful Dead cover band. Now let me be upfront and say I wasn't the greatest drummer at the time. I knew music and how to play drum set, but I wasn't very proficient and I'll never claim to have been a good fit for this band. I also really didn't know Grateful Dead music, so the thought of me playing in a Grateful Dead cover band is absolutely ridiculous. One of the guys loaned me a bunch of Grateful Dead CDs to learn songs, and I wasn't knowledgeable enough to hear the intricacy of the music. It all sounded the same to me. And since I didn't hear much difference between one song and the next, I figured if I learn one, then I can figure out the rest. I'm sure I wasn't very good. But here's the deal. When you play with the Grateful Dead cover band, they smoke a lot of pot. Of course, everyone was going to have a different idea of what a lot of pot is, but this is before marijuana was legal in Colorado, and these guys got high as if the world's supply was running out. Now, I'm not ratting on these guys. I certainly smoke too. But when it comes to drugs, I never got into anything particular. It may sound funny, but my vices are sugar and caffeine. That's not a joke or an exaggeration. For example, my drink drink of choice in 2003 was called a Mountain Lion. It was a mix of Red Bull and Mountain Dew. No alcohol. Man, in those days, I could drink a Red Bull and go right to bed. It was certainly not a healthy lifestyle choice. Before every show... The band would go into the back alley and get as high as possible. 
Then we'd go play. And I have no recollection of how those shows went. Again, to be fair, I wasn't a great drummer. But it didn't matter because the group was higher than a kite. I really wish I had a video recording. My girlfriend, Jenny, actually came to a lot of those shows. She'd set up an easel in the corner where there used to be a fireplace and paint while we played. Painting as performance is something I experienced a few times in college, and I wish I had some of Jenny's work from those gigs. The other band I played in was called the Finless Brown. If you were a fisherman, then you'll get the joke. But I'm not taking any credit or blame. The group was named before I joined. The Finless Brown consisted of two guys, one playing acoustic guitar and singing, and the other playing keyboard. These guys were awesome people, super fun, super nice. I think we played some originals and some covers, all with an acoustic rock sound. For whatever reason, I fit better with this group. The keyboard guy in particular had this great sound, which probably came from the Fender Rhodes suitcase he played. The instrument included the keyboard and the speaker and would unlatch like an old suitcase. It looked like something Ray Charles would play. The Rhodes keyboard would sit on top of the speaker and then a second keyboard would go on top of the Rhodes. The reason for two keyboards is so he could play bass lines with one hand and harmonies with the other. You can see part of my drum set in the episode picture. It's from a Finless Brown gig at a bar called Cooper Street Pier. Like most places, Cooper Street doesn't exist anymore, and it's a shame. Some people called it a dive bar, but it was one of the few places a local could get a drink without a hassle. The best part was the upstairs game room with pool tables and foosball. It really was a great place. Looking at that picture reminds me of a line from the graduation song. In 20 years from now, you'll look back at photos of yourself and recall in a way you can't grasp now how much possibility lay before you, and how fabulous you really looked. That song was right. In those days, I was much more open to meeting new people and having random conversations. So during the set break of a Finless Brown gig at Cooper Street, I started chatting to a dude passing through town. He and his buddy were on a cross-country road trip to California, where they were going to sell everything and move to Hawaii. I think they were childhood friends, and this was a never-look-back adventure for them, which I can relate to. When we got to the end of the gig, this dude is still there, but he can't find his buddy. Remember, this is before everyone on the planet had a cell phone. The dude found their car parked in the same place, but didn't have the keys. And it's the middle of winter, and he has no place to stay. Since I had recently been homeless and sleeping on people's couches, I said, hey, you can sleep on my couch tonight. I'll drop you at the bus stop in the morning. And that's exactly what happened. I remember getting up early the next day to go to work and dropping this dude at the bus stop heading into town. I said something like, good luck finding your buddy and getting to Hawaii. Look me up if you come back to the mountains. I shit you not, about five months later, I ran into that dude at a beach party on Maui. No joke. He was sitting with a group of friends and says, aren't you the guy from Snowmass? Apparently, his buddy got so drunk during the gig, he forgot he had the car keys and broke the car window to sleep in the back. So the next morning, the dude on my couch found their car with a broken window and his buddy freezing in the back. They made it to California, 
But only the dude I met stuck with the plan and moved to Hawaii. The other guy, the drunk one freezing in the back of their car, he moved back home. It's an odd story, but it was a full circle moment for me. In a few short months, I became a snowboard instructor, joined two bands, and was able to pay it forward for someone else pursuing their dreams. It really was an amazing time in my life. I said in an earlier episode that life must be experienced firsthand, and this is true for music too. Nothing can replace the power and energy of live music. In the next episode, I'll tell you about why I came to Snowmass as a kid and why I stayed as an adult. Until then, remember to tip your bartender, tip your waiter, and tip the band. Peace! Hey, the bars mentioned this episode are gone now, but I played in those places for many years with my friend Stevie Lizard on guitar. We even had a weekly residency at the same location as the Grottos when it was Takasushi. I don't know what it is, but certain people in certain places just want live music, and God bless them for it. The bar manager at the Grottos, Tim, is one of those people, and he still books live music in Snowmass today. Tim is a kind-hearted man and has probably supported local music more than anyone in the Roaring Fork Valley. Thank you, Tim.